So, who is more totalitarian in outlook, the Democratic Party or the Republican Party? Well, we're living at a time where recent events have given us great insight into the answer to that question, so stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Keith Crosby Out of My Mind. This is Podcast 073, Podcast 73, where we have a biblical conversation about the crazy world in which we live. Join us over the next 20 minutes or so as we provide you a bird's eye view perspective of a complex issue confronting our culture, the church, and you as we apply God's word to make sense of it all. And at the end of the podcast, we'll point you to additional resources just in case you'd like to dig a little bit deeper. So let's get started. Mark, what would you say about a government choosing to vaccinate your children without your permission or without notifying you for the COVID vaccine? Mark, what would you say about a government that planned to sick the FBI on parents who protest at school board meetings across the country, treating them as terrorists, domestic terrorists, under the Patriot Act? And what would you do, what would you think about a government that threatens to pack the Supreme Court, abolish the Senate, and federalize elections? Because that's what the Democratic administration and that's what Democratic voters seem to want to do. And doesn't all this sound odd or even authoritarian, even totalitarian? Well, yeah, I mean, that definitely sounds like an authoritarian style of government. So, but all this is a little bit interesting to me because usually you're not coming here taking a, a really hard side on one side or the other, Republican or Democrat, outside of the abortion debate, I guess. Uh, you're usually pretty kind of, here's both sides. But today it seems like we're really taking some shots at one side of the aisle. Well, Mark, here's why. Because what this podcast is about, it's not about po politics, Democrats versus Republicans. It's about worldview. It's about hostility to the Christian faith. It's about matters of faith and matters of conscience. At the heart of this podcast, we try to be as biblical as we can, but we do look at the culture and the political landscape, which is part of the culture, through a Christian worldview. And we also look at it in terms of objective truth and the rule of law. And so I would say, make no mistake, we are neither Democratic nor Republican, but we are all about worldview. And recent developments have just indicated that the worldview of the Democratic Party is contra-Christian. And so I'm thinking and I'm saying and I'm going to make the case today that the Democratic Party has a worldview that is not remotely Christian. And today we need to understand that the so-called culture war is reaching, well, no, it's reached a very dangerous place for the church, uh, for those whom we love, because there is one party that is authoritarian, it is overtly anti-Christian, and we cannot bury our heads in the sand. And so I take it from the intro that you're inferring the Democratic Party is this party. Exactly. I don't think that. I know that. And we talked about these things with, you know, the Patriot Act and parents and school board meetings and you know, the California legislature wanting to take control of our children's vaccination health. But beyond all these things, there have been developments. There was a recent poll by the Rasmussen survey group that reveals a distinct and unmistakable totalitarian bent in the Democratic Party in a recent survey they did of, re of registered Democratic voters. All right, before you go a little bit further, I think it's important to talk about who this Rasmussen organization is, because when I 
think of some of these polling organizations or I hear these polls, I always just kind of assume that they have a bend one way or the other. And it's almost a confirmation bias thing. So why don't you talk about what the Rasmussen organization is? Well, Rasmussen Reports conducts nightly uh, tracking at a national and state level of elections, politics, current events, consumer confidence, business topics, and the United States president's uh, job approval ratings. They have been accurate. Uh, They have been balanced. They're a respected organization, and they conducted a recent survey, the results of which were downright shocking. And here are the results from a recent telephone survey that is, uh, has a confidence level statistically and mathematically of 95% accuracy. It's plus or minus three percentage points in either direction, and that means it is accurate and scientific. Okay, so why don't you give us the numbers? I'm sure most of us are pretty curious as to how this went down. Sure. Listen to these statistics because they really serve as an indicator of uh, what I believe is a serious and threatening totalitarian or authoritarian bent. There was One of the questions was, would voters uh, oppose or support a proposal for federal or state governments to fine Americans who choose not to get a COVID-19 vaccine? Now listen to this. 55% of Democratic voters would support such a proposal as compared to 81% of Republican voters opposing that proposal and 75% of unaffiliated voters opposing that proposal because they thought it would take away, it's a a right or a matter of conscience. But 55% of Democratic voters would vote to support fining or penalizing Americans who choose not to get a COVID vaccine. Here's another statistic, 59%. 59 percent, that's almost 60 percent, 59 percent of Democratic voters would favor a government policy requiring citizens to remain confined to their homes at all times except in emergencies if they refuse a COVID-19 vaccine. Now, contrast that with the fact that such a proposal is opposed by 61 percent of all likely voters, 79 percent of Republicans, 71 percent of unaffiliated voters, but there's more. Nearly half of the Democratic voters, 48%, think that federal and state governments should be able to fine or imprison individuals who publicly question the efficacy of the existing COVID-19 vaccines on social media, television, radio, or online or in digital publications. Now, I want you to think about this because this is a freedom of speech matter, a freedom of conscience matter. 48% of Democratic voters believe that those who question the COVID vaccine effectiveness should be fined or imprisoned. Wow, that's that's not even freedom of speech anymore. That's just, if you don't go along with what I say and what I think, then you should be fined or put in jail, etc. That's, that's not free speech at all. No, that's not freedom at all. And you have to remember, right now, the CDC and the uh, Federal Food and Drug Administration is saying that the vaccines aren't really that effective after all. So should they be imprisoned? But again, there's more. 45% of Democrats would favor governments requiring citizens to temporarily live in designated facilities if they refuse to get a COVID-19 vaccine. Think about this. They would put you in a camp of some kind, like in Australia. And, of course, these kind of detention camps don't have a great record in history. But 45 percent, that's almost half of the Democratic voters, would favor forcing a U.S. citizen to live, albeit temporarily, in a designated facility or location if they don't get a vaccine. Now, such a policy 
is opposed by a strong majority of all voters. But this is really what we talked about before about grooming. You know, you're being groomed. And this is what, you know, we talked about with Rod Dreher about soft totalitarianism. This is about compelling people to do something. This is about violating their rights in the name of an emergency. This is, it's, I, I guess it's soft totalitarianism. I don't know if it's too soft, though, locking people up in a detention facility. But it keeps on going on. 47% of Democrats favor a government program that would put tracking devices on those who won't get a COVID-19 vaccine. That might be an ankle bracelet or a monitor of some kind. Now, two-thirds of all voters are against governments using digital tracking devices to track unvaccinated people to ensure that they are quarantined or socially distanced from others. But again, I want you to think about the intrusive or totalitarian or authoritarian nature of this, particularly now that, you know, this isn't March 2020 anymore. This is 2022. We are in the Omicron uh, variant, and it's much, much less serious but yet we're acting as if we're in the height of a crisis. And how far are the Democratic voters willing to go to punish the unvaccinated? 29% of Democratic voters would support temporarily removing the parents' custody of their children if the parents refuse to take a COVID-19 vaccine. I want you to think about that. That's almost a third. 29% of the voters, now it's not a majority, but I want you to think, 29% of these voters would be in favor of having your child taken from you if you don't want to get the vaccine. Yeah, I think what's really interesting here as you read off some of these numbers is I, I'm comparing the likely Democratic voters, you know, their percentage rate, with the all voters, the independents, the Republicans, and so on. And it's really interesting because really the vast majority of people are opposed to all these things. They understand that they're totalitarian. They understand that they are are really far off the map. And so how would this not majority of people uh, plan to impose this will? Well, if you listen to the president's uh, one hour and 51 minute uh, interview or news conference, he, one of the things he did was to already call into question the legitimacy of the midterm election. And this is, again, it kind of shows the insight. It gives insight into the minds of people. People often project on others the things that they think like or plan to do. And just like Joe Biden accused Donald Trump of questioning the integrity of the elections, he's questioning the integrity of the coming elections before they've taken place. And the thing that worries me about that is they might preempt the outcome. And that is definitely a totalitarian bent. And so it could be that a minority imposes its will on the majority. And, and, and it's very worrisome to me. So when you talk about the president undermining the integrity of the elections and those things, I definitely heard that, but I also saw a lot of his people and his administration and his cabinet come out to walk some of those statements back a little bit. Yeah, I suppose so, but then he doubled down on them one and two days later. They tried to walk his statement back, and he kept re repeating the idea over and over again over the next two days. And this is where the vaccine survey that we're talking about, the Rasmussen survey about the vaccine and what Democratic voters and Republican voters and, and independent voters would be inclined to do sort of serves as a litmus test into the thinking of the left. You see, what they often do is establish a precedent in the name of an emergency. And so we had the shutting down of churches and making people shelter at home back in March of 2020. Uh, and then we had this commission for this bogus January 6th 
insurrection, which was not an insurrection at all. And it's almost like they're trying to use crises to uh, seize more and more power. And it's interesting to note um, in these voters that President Biden's strongest supporters are most likely to endorse harsh punishments for those who don't play along with the cultural narrative, who won't go along, for example, with the COVID-19 vaccine protocols and dogma that is in place today. Again, and among voters who have a very favorable impression of Joe Biden, these people are favorably inclined towards sequestering people who don't get the vaccine, who don't believe like they do, in designated facilities or detention centers or camp. And again, 54% favor imposing fines or prison sentences on vaccine critics. And that is a very disturbing, uh, worrisome fact or factor. So when you look at this, would you call these inclinations uh, authoritarian, totalitarian, or democratic? When somebody says, if you criticize this doctrine, you criticize this vaccine protocol, you criticize this policy, you should go to jail. Does that sound authoritarian to you? Yeah, I think that's exactly it. And I think that uh, what we see so much happening is that bend towards this totalitarian uh, idea and what what people forget, especially when it comes to the free speech thing and uh, just the fact that we're able to speak out against the things that the government tells us to do is one of those founding notions of our nation. Our nation was founded because we didn't like what the king was doing in England. And so there was a group of people uh, that said, we don't like this. We're not going to be a part of this. They criticized it openly. Uh, and then ultimately they wound up having to do something to give us the nation that we have today. And it seems like there's definitely some people that are willing to kind of go back in that direction to just say the government can do anything it wants. It, it, it can tell us. It's the experts. They are they are the ones that know best. And I think what's, what's really challenging, I think what we've seen uh, over these past few podcasts as we've talked about just different aspects of the government is I, I think what we're seeing in society is the bend towards the government has all the answers. The government can come and save us. The government can solve COVID. The government can do all of these things. And what we know, especially as Christians, is that the government can't do all of those things. The government isn't made to do those things, and, and a lot of the, the ills in society will only be healed by the gospel of Jesus Christ and by God himself, through the Holy Spirit, intervening in what's going on. And so I guess that really kind of leads me to, to take us uh, kind of in this direction. What would you want people to take away from all of this, Keith? As we do this podcast not to be political so much as to keep people thinking biblically about the culture that's around them. What would you want people to take away from all of this? Well, a couple of things you touched on, Mark, I want to I highlight. People now look to the government as God. There used to be the old saying in the 60s and 70s, question authority, and now we've raised up two generations of students indoctrinated by a public educational system that has given up on education and is strictly pursuing a doctrinaire indoctrinational approach. And so we have people pre-programmed to go in this direction. And when these young people become parents, they'll raise their children accordingly. And of course, the public school system and the university system will aid and abet them in that indoctrination. And what we have here, though, and our takeaway here is we have a clash of worldviews, a clash of religions. You have the religion 
of government can do everything, the religion of secular humanism, the religion of, of postmodernism, uh, the religion of totalitarianism. Uh, the government is no longer your servant. You are the government's servant. And, and this is where things get out of hand because you basically have two competing religions, that of government is sovereign and the other that God is sovereign, and only when that sovereign God returns to earth at the end of the age will everything be made right. Well, and I think that's where, you know, at the beginning when we talked about uh, this being a Democrat-Republican kind of comparing these these ideas and these worldviews, it's pretty clear, I think, that the left has a different God. Their God is government. Their sacraments are masks and vaccines and lockdowns. And all through doing all of those things, they're somehow going to be spared from the wrath of COVID or the wrath of ultimately government. And they get so far down this path, I think, that they start believing their own lies. Well, you know, it, it, it's peculiar. It really is. And it's frightening. And I'm not so certain that they really see this as a lie. I mean, this is where um, they are products of their own indoctrination. They've repeated this over and over again. It's like a mantra. You know, it's like to calm themselves, they get in a corner and say, you know, you're bad if you get COVID and you're good if you don't because you wore a mask and you got the vaccine and you got the, the booster and you got the second booster and you got the third booster and you got the fourth booster. And when somebody gets sick with COVID after four boosters, there's sort of a crisis here. And we're creating a, a, a population of sheep who can be herded in any direction and slaughtered if necessary or pinned up if the government wants them pinned up. And so I, I think it's really, really disturbing. And, you know, here's the thing. As the Omicron variant of COVID-19 produces a spike in cases nationwide, what we already see is about three-quarters of Americans are already vaccinated against the coronavirus, two-thirds of whom have gotten the booster shot. So despite all the hysteria, this is not a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That's an out, outright lie. That is where the government and, and, the, and aspects of the culture, academia, the academy are deceiving us. But all of this aside, I want you to think about, I want to review what Democratic voters are in favor of because they are products of this indoctrination system. They are in favor of detention centers for the unvaccinated. They are in favor of forcing the unvaccinated to wear tracking devices. They are in favor of finding or imprisoning people who criticize or question the effectiveness of vaccines on social media or out loud or anywhere. And these are frightening totalitarian tendencies. And almost half of those voting Democrat feel this way, and this is troubling. And again, this is indicative of a totalitarian mindset. So you take a perceived crisis like COVID or some other crisis, and it reveals how far people are willing to go to pursue their goals to exploit the situation. Yeah, I think it's it just reveals how far, ultimately, especially with COVID, how far people are willing to go to save their own lives or perceive that they're saving their own lives. And so it's really interesting because it seems like they've started with this health emergency. And so why don't you just talk about the fact that they're still calling it a health emergency here almost three years after the original discovery of COVID. Well, that, and, that's, and that's what we're going to talk about in the next, next podcast, too. But the emergency has passed. We flattened the curve. 
Uh, we are now into the third variant of, we ha of COVID. You had the first one. You had the Delta variant. Now we're in this Omicron variant. And this is a less harmful variant. And we're seeing already that the real crisis has passed. And as we know, as we study about viruses, the first virus that kills its host doesn't continue on. And so the viruses get weaker and weaker. Uh, they might become more infectious, but they're less dangerous, and that allows their host to live and them to live. But what we have here instead is this call for drastic measures to continue indefinitely, usually at the expense of the rule of law. And we saw this in the past where at the beginning of the COVID uh, hysteria uh, back in March 2020, they tried to tell us that we couldn't worship in the name of public health while permitting maskless rioters to protest. And yet it's like they had a double standard. Yeah, and I think mercifully, and, and uh, we as Christians should be very grateful, the Supreme Court stepped in and enforced the Constitution and enforced the rule of law on these. Yeah, that's true. But until then, everybody was in lockdown. But fortunately, the rule of law prevailed, and you know these draconian policies were mitigated for the church. Freedom of worship, right? That's the First Amendment, freedom of conscience. Uh, and this, this federal violation of federal law was repealed, and state governments like here in California and even here in Santa Clara were told they could not prohibit worship. And that's the way, you know, this is the way that this unlawful abuse of power goes, the exploitation of an emergency by the left, by the Democrat-controlled government. So you just said something there, and I, I want to take a, a pause real quick, because you keep kind of switching the two terms, the left the Democrats, the left, the Democrats. Uh, and why are you doing that? Because they're interchangeable. The hard left and the modern Democrat Party are one and the same. They, they are exactly the same. The Democrat Party and the extreme left have merged, and, and that's why you see this hardcore shift toward totalitarianism. Again, think about it. Nearly half, 48% of Democratic voters, think the federal government and the state governments should fine or imprison individuals who publicly question the efficacy of existing COVID-19 vaccines. 45% of Democrats would favor governments requiring citizens to live temporarily in designated facilities or camps if they refuse to get a COVID-19. And just, a, a, just shy of a third of Democratic voters would like to see children taken from the, their parents if the parents don't want to get the vaccine. The Democratic Party, the Democrat Party, is not democratic. They become the party of totalitarianism. And you see this clearly in, the, in this survey, and you see this in the actions of the government, or even here in California. Totalitarians from teachers' unions to governments almost always see children as the property of the state. And so for the state of California to say, we can now vaccinate your children for COVID-19 without your permission— is going beyond their jurisdiction and is violating the jurisdiction of parents. And that is an authoritarian, totalitarian move that you see it like in places like China, uh, the former Soviet Union, and Nazi Germany, where the children are the, pop or are the property of the state and the populace is uh, the servant of the state. I think all this seems rather uh, pessimistic at this point. Well, you can call it pessimistic, but I think it's realistic. Because within a generation of indoctrination by the educational establishment, universities, and big tech and entertainment, things are going to get worse. You have to remember, the Nazis only controlled 20% of the population of Germany, and they held sway over the whole country. 
The socialists in the former Soviet Union had less than that, and they imposed their will, bending and breaking the law and imprisoning people in gulags and coming and grabbing people in the middle of the night. Uh, they eventually imprisoned and removed their enemies or their perceived enemies through this fear, through this terror, through this same type of mass psychosis or mass hysteria or delusion that is being cultivated and manifested now by the left. And I don't think things are going to get better. Well, okay, on that happy note, where do we go from here? I think that's really the big question because obviously these numbers don't look good and what we're looking at seems pretty uh, pretty bleak, but where do we go from here? Well, it gets back to the Bible, of course. You know, in John chapter 8, Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We really have to cling to what is true. Biblically, whether it's the right for an adult to raise up his or her child in the fear and admonition of the Lord, whether it's the Great Commission going out and making disciples of all nations and teaching them to do all that Christ commanded, we evangelize and we change this world one soul at a time. And we also have to remember how the book, the Bible, ends, right? I mean, we're, we're wrapping up this series in Revelation, and we understand that only God's divine intervention is going to put a halt to all this, and things will get better before they get worse. So would you say that Christians should just kind of give up on the culture war and just evangelize the heck out of people? Well, I'm glad you stated it that way. No, by all means, vote your conscience. Organize parents' groups. You should push back. You should do so respectfully because you don't want to compromise your Christian witness. But you don't want to get tied up with just the wrong types of movements and the wrong types of people. You have to realize that the enemy of your enemy is not your friend. And so you have to be very discerning into what type of actions you're going to take and who you're going to align yourself with. But if you want to take action, vote your conscience. And I would get my children out of the public schools. Uh, I know that may seem harsh, but in California and pretty much the rest of the country now, through the teachers' unions and politicians beholden to contributions from the teachers' unions, the educational system is irredeemable. And it is a system of indoctrination, and they are preparing your children to impose totalitarian rule and to be subject to it. And the other thing you can do is to equip your children with what you believe, equip others, equip yourself so that you can speak intelligently about your faith and why what they're hearing in school about gender, about COVID-19, about about critical race theory, whatever, whatever the hysteria is, you can set your children straight on that, and you can help them see through the lies that are being forced upon them. The other thing you can do is pray. You want to pray that God will grant us another season of restraint, that God would confound the plans of wicked men and women in high places, and that we might be able to live in freedom just a little bit longer and have the freedom to share Christ with others and to change our communities, maybe, or to slow down the descent into totalitarianism. But pray that God would grant us a season of restraint, that he would confound the plans of wicked men and women at home and abroad. These are starting points. Do what you can and know only that God in Christ will set things straight in the end. Well, that's it for today. If you'd like further resources, visit us online at www.gracetoliveradio.org and click the podcast resource button. If you'd like to ask me a question, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at keith at hillside.org. Learn more about Hillside Church at www.hillside.org. Uh, if you'd like to worship with us, we worship with us on Sunday at 8, 9.30, or 11. 
In the meantime, this is Keith Crosby with Mark Stickler saying God bless you and God keep you.